0: Honey, where is my podcast? Hello world, this is Eric Die with Church Mag's Jeremy Smith and Phil Schneider. This is Church Mag podcast number 43
1: leading up to Easter we send them to that one place because that's the one place they can find out all they need to know about Easter and if they want to know more it's easy to find that as well go through your church
0: website page after page and weed out the old
2: info I'm going to give your church maybe two or three minutes to figure it out because that's all I have right now before I figure out what I'm going to do and it might be last minute
0: This week, the podcast is brought to you by Rethinking Your Church Website Strategy by Jonathan Maugham. Get ready to change the way you think about church websites. Get ready to make something completely unique and completely effective for your church. Learn more at churchmagpress.com. In this episode, we'll be talking about getting your church website ready for Easter Sunday. But before we dive in, let's take a listen to this week's Church Mag Pro Tip from Jonathan Maugham. Hey guys, it's
3: Jonathan Maugham here with another quick ministry tip. So you're wanting to get people engaged on your church's social media. The key is to post the right type of content. Content that makes your followers want to respond. While the topic of social media can get very complex, there are a few types of posts that tend to get engagement over other types. Here are a few options. First, pictures. Photos and videos grab people's attentions when they're scrolling through their feed. Instead of talking about something that happened, why not show a picture? Or grab a cool photo and add a quote on top. Next, questions. Ask a question rather than just telling your audience something. Instead of saying something like, come to our Christmas service this week, why not ask, what was your favorite part of our Christmas services last year? Next, free stuff. Do a contest. Give away a desktop or iPhone wallpaper. How about a free devotional? Next, encouragement. We live in a discouraging world. Why not offer an exhortation or an inspirational quote? People love to see that and they love to share it. Finally, something funny. Tell a funny story or joke. Share a funny picture. Use social media as a chance to communicate and make a connection with your audience. Don't just use it as a one-way marketing tool. That's missing the massive power of social media. It's the social part. Look for ways to add value to your followers' lives, and you'll get loyal fans who share when the time is right. So there's the tip. Go take social media by storm. Also, check out my two books for church creatives. It's created for more, a 30-day devotional to help you start seeing your life more creatively, and then Unwelcome. It's 50 ways to make your church more welcoming. Grab them on Amazon or iBooks.
1: Okay, Avengers 2, I am super excited, guys. <laughs> did you, did you, uh, Eric, you see that post I put in Church Mag about Ultron? Yes. That post, I am so excited about that post. I, now, I, I hate when I get excited about a post because no one reads it, so I'm trying to temper my excitement, but that post... Isn't that the way it works? There's
0: some posts, you know, it it drops, and I'm so excited and so proud of it, and, like, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. There's silence coming from Jeremy. Jeremy's like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. (laughs) I'm excited about a post. I I write it.
2: (laughs) After doing so many productions, I've gotten to a point where it's – I just appreciate all of my work, and this one is a little bit extra special to me. Well, I all my me. <laughs> yeah, I and I will love that other one because it took me ten seconds and it got reshared about a hundred thousand times, and that's all right. I like it's because yeah, okay. it's
0: because you did it long enough and you watched it all <laughs> enough to know yeah. that that's that's how it works. It
2: says Eric, who is slightly crying in the background because of his web hosting from one stupid post. Such a stupid post <laughs> was enough fodder that it could be justified for Church Mag, and now he's slightly regretting. Oh, it
0: Oh, am I? Oh, let me count the thousands of ways that we regret
1: that. Oh well, isn't that terrible that you regret your success? Yeah, I know. I mean, not that we necessarily created that post, but like the, the, all the all that stuff on there. But like, hey, this would be great for the for the for the website, and it was great for the website until it broke it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize that. You know, I figured that that Church Mag readers would enjoy it. I had no idea that five million people on Facebook would enjoy it. That that part I did not know. But the real question is, is your church website ready for Easter, Phil? And I ask you that because... Last year, you wrote a, a blog post on Church Mag about tips to make sure that your church website is ready for Easter. So let me ask, is your church website ready for Easter? Uh,
1: <laughs> great question. Uh, our church website is actually always ready because uh, we have it set up now using WordPress and a resurrect theme from churchthemes.net.com, dot, dot dot churchthemes, I don't know, so Google resurrect theme, you'll find it. Using that theme in WordPress, uh, our secretary can update our events page constantly, and I'm constantly working on the blog, so our church website's always good to go, always ready to go. Now, is it ready for Easter? Great context to your question there. No, it's not. We're, we're on Sunday, we'll be launching a campaign in our church that leads us into Easter, and then we'll be rebranding our website accordingly. But at my church, we have a cool thing. We actually built a website for Easter in our town, a uh, town called Bethalto. Uh, it's the only Bethalto in the world because we created the term ourselves uh but uh we have a website called bathaltoeaster.com and we rebranded it every year according to our campaign that year and uh we set it up with a video from our pastor uh some what to expect pages some events surrounding easter like for example if there's gonna be easter egg hunt or or this or that or a good friday service or whatever we set it all up on there and then we when we do the outreach for easter we direct them towards that website which it has several links to our main website so that's how that's our approach to it we brand everything on this one website and center it around easter because honestly if we're going to get someone to come to our church they're going to come on easter so when we do all of our branding all of our our work leading up to easter we send them to that one place because that's the one place they can find, find out all they need to know about easter and if they want to know more it's easy to find that as well
0: well you know and the way web hosting works and the fact that a domain name is like 15 bucks a year that is a great approach for churches. You can, you can work on it. You can get it ready You know, before the big launch. Um, having special events websites like that are really, really cool. However, not every church can do that. Clearly, it's working for you guys, and you have the support to do it. It's not going to work for everybody. So for those that can't do that... Um, there are a few basic things that you can do. The first being to go through your church website page after page and weed out the old info. I know, Jeremy, that recently you've been doing some research on church social media and church websites. How many times you come across a church website and you find that the information is so outdated, you wonder if the church is, is
2: <laughs> still there? Well, first of all, I'm looking at the top 100 churches in America. So they have a little bit of energy behind it. But it's interesting that you say that because I'd have to look at the data to be 100% sure, but I think it was 67% of churches did not have an about us page, which for some of those people that meant there's an I'm new page and I didn't count that or some other stuff. And then another uh, statistic on that was only about 76% had a contact page. Now all of them had their address, all of them had their phone number. So that was available for somebody to view. But what happens if you uh, wanted to leave them a voicemail and there was no answering machine, or you wanted to just send them a quick email just to see how things were going. I think that all that's huge. And I think that it, one of the curious things that came up is I gave myself five minutes to look through all that information. A lot of those churches required the full five hours to be able to do all of that. And I think that that was really difficult. And so that was really huge for me is if I'm going to trigger your church and I'm part of the Easter context, I'm going to give your church maybe two or three minutes to figure it out because that's all I have right now before I figure out what I'm going to do. And it might be last minute. And so if I need to give your church a phone call to ask you a couple questions and it's a Saturday, that's not going to be helpful. So is all your information on there for your church service?
0: Right. And that's where, you know, we've, we've talked before, or I've read many times before in designing a church website. First, you have to figure out who your audience is. Is your primary audience the seeker or is it the congregation? Because depending on what you are doing with your church, website will affect what kind of information you know you have above the fold, how much you know what things you make really predominant and that 's where what phil 's church is doing is really really cool. They can put up a banner, or something about the Easter. The the Easter service and link to the actual Easter website so that no matter where they're getting their traffic from, new time visitors have a quick place to go. And then the Easter uh, splash page that they've set up can have all that first time visitor kind of information. So you just scroll down a little bit, you have everything you need to know because, you know, with the web, you only have a few seconds to answer those quick questions they have. What, you know, what kind of music will you be playing? What should we wear? I mean, this is an Easter service. Who wants to show up? overdressed who wants to show show up underdressed you really have to think through this stuff and that's why I think you know having a dedicated website like what Phil's talking about is a really cool
1: idea but it's a good idea to have on your regular church website as well oh totally it's a this is a, this is spring cleaning for me so when I go through and my pastor and I update our Easter website we go through and clean out our regular one as well now we keep it up to date but I keep me like deleting all information. you surprised how many churches had the old pastor still online or old pictures of the pastor now my pastor right now now is a as a, a tall guy i don't know how much he weighs but he's a slim guy right if all of a sudden unlikely but he ballooned like uh, up 60 pounds okay sorry buddy but your picture on the website should reflect that and people coming to our church looking for a beanpole shouldn't see a marshmallow man behind the pulpit it's confusing like wait a minute is this the pastor who's this guy
0: clearly your pastor does not listen to the podcast because you just referred to him no, he totally he totally does <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I said unlikely. He's not. It's not going to happen. It's very. He unlikely. calls you to the office. Uh, you know,
0: Phil, about the podcast
1: and the whole marshmallow <laughs> comments. I'm just saying. I say that because I'm. I, I easily weigh three times what he weighs, so I can make that. Joke. Yeah, but you're like so. nine feet tall. Actually, he he's only like two inches shorter than I am. Wow. Yeah, he's a very tall and skinny guy. Anyway, but I think I think a lot of people beyond just weeding out the information, they need to also kind of lower the bar, you know, lower that threshold for a visitor to come to the church. Make it as easy as possible. That's why you said, Eric, it's important to have the uh, you know what to wear, what we're going to do, how long it takes. Lower the bar as much as you can, so that visiting does not become this monumentally uh, nerve-wracking task.
0: Exactly. Now we're talking about what to do with the website what to do the website you know it's good to be thinking about that now so that you're ready by the time Easter comes around you know a week a week or two before and even or even the night before Jeremy it's not enough just to put on the website and stop people have to know about you okay so you know just because you put on the website doesn't mean everyone's just going to come flocking towards it what do churches need to do regarding social media and getting ready for Easter.
2: Um, I think for me, one of the big things is you should already have figured out everything that you're going to be tweeting out that day, including um, your posts beforehand during, after, how are you going to do follow up after Josh Burns? I don't know if his website's still live, but he has an amazing breakdown of how you should be respond or should be setting up your church. Um, I think I even did a church mag article on how to respond to everything that happened afterwards, including everybody's posts of what they thought about the church. And if you're giving a controversial message, I know our church last year talked a lot about sexual abuse in the church and what that looked like and how the church can come alongside that. And that was huge. And it was from a standpoint in um, one one of the books in the Old Testament can't remember which one right now, and and it was very controversial. And what was our standpoint going to be for social media after that, especially in the idea that a lot of what's going to be happening is going to be out of the context of what was being given in the church. And that was really important in everything we had. So we actually had online videos to say, well, actually, here's the whole message of everything we were going to say. So if you're going to talk about what we said, at least give it a little context and not just say that we were just talking about sexual abuse, because really, that's more for counseling. And so we had a lot of stuff set up to be able to do stuff afterwards. And so that was really key.
1: That's a good idea. I didn't. Th- I never thought about having things set up to like, it's not just Easter and stop. Like last year I made up a, I made a, I made a playlist for a, a worship music to play on Monday after Easter. Cause you figured you're coming off that, that weekend high of worship and candy and candy and worship. And you need something to kind of carry you through. I didn't think about having content uh, staged and ready to go. Um, Online for after Easter as like a follow up. That's a good idea, Jeremy.
0: Yeah, because I mean the point isn't just to have people show up. I mean, we can we can do everything we can to make sure the website's ready for first time guests. We can make sure that, that people know about when your service is, where your services is, you know, spread on social media. Because if you are gonna go to a church on Easter Sunday for the first time, you may wanna go to one where you know somebody. So a friend that you may have or a coworker that you have online and they've shared some information from their church um, church's social media account on Facebook or whatever they show up they come it it can't just stop there there still needs to be some some sort of follow up and follow through with with those visitors
1: I, I totally agree Eric I, I completely agree. It's not about getting folks in the door. It's about getting folks engaged with Christ. And that that means getting them there, but then following along with them, following up with them, and then providing content for them as they continue their journey towards towards Jesus. I think with the social media aspect as well, though, I would, along with preparing, preparing content to disseminate, I would also uh, carry the branding all the way through. You know, if we do a, a sermon series for Easter every year, And so we we have artwork, we have logos, we have banners, and so all of our social media stuff changes over, and then we ask our people to do the same thing. So if you go to Cornerstone Church uh, and you're on Facebook, we ask you to change your profile picture and even your cover photo sometimes to match our branding so that everything you post is advertising for us. It is because whenever you update your background photo or your profile picture, it tells the world. It's really a great way to get around Facebook ads. It's a fantastic way to get around them. And it's just a very simple way of saying, here's where I'll be at on Easter. Where would you be at Why not come with me?
2: One thing I'll add to all of this, I think it's one of those kind of tips to everything. And it's maybe a huge tip that can't be done this Easter. But for us, one thing that we had to help with all that website problems that you talked about, Phil, is that we use Church Community Builder. And so we had actually just recently added a second service onto our Saturday, as well as a whole new campus elsewhere. And so you would think, okay you've done a whole lot of stuff you're trying to prepare for all that maybe you updated the website maybe you didn't and for me that's a huge thing because if you didn't update that then that's a big problem we also changed worship pastors we also changed added a new senior pastor on and so there's a whole lot of changes that could be happening in all this and if it was just a website that was there we actually might forget a lot of what's going on with all this but because we have everything integrated into the church community builder just a church um, service program that's run both for the website and for the background. We had to create those things to be able to have those emails set up and you had to have purpose. And so whenever you set up the fact that we have new pastor email, the fact that we are trying to be able to have more volunteers at this new location, we actually had to create that in the system, which means it automatically updated the website. And for me, that's a huge thing because not only are you trying to update the admin stuff, but now you don't have to worry much about the fact that that's going to be on the website or you have a reminder, oh, you need to update the website as opposed to having a hired staff person say you need to update this website when are you going to do this and pay them thousands of dollars every single year you can just invest in this church community builder and be able to update everything like that and i think that's a huge thing too we use
1: church community builder uh jeremy as well and i haven't used their web tools but that's interesting I, i've we're slowly working through things and, and phasing everything in. we just switched over it's a very bumpy transition not not their fault the fault of our our old chms so we haven't gotten to use all the cool uh, tools and whatnot but that's actually a very intriguing idea that we'll definitely have to be playing with uh, probably for next year because this year's coming up too quick yeah you know last year
0: we had chip desard on the church mag podcast talked about church tech tips to get ready for Easter, and he referred to it um, in a post that he had written. Seven tech tips to get ready for Easter Sunday services. He referred to Easter weekend as the Super Bowl of services.
2: Oh, totally. And he
0: went over, yeah, he went over seven great tips to be ready for not just the church website, but the sound and, and and everything else. And I, you know, as you guys talk about having a church a church management system in place and these kind of things, Easter can be a great. Place to establish good habits that you can move forward with. So, as much as we talk excitingly about make sure the website's up to date, uh, make sure your social media branding matches, and all these different things. These are things that are good to be doing on a regular basis. And so, Easter is a great springboard to do it for the Easter service, and then try to continue that uh, as as new protocol from there on out.
1: It's a great, a great pl- place to put a goal line. Say we want to start all this new stuff on this day and continue it forward. Because the last thing you want to do is create a great presentation for Sunday and the next Sunday, it's a bait and switch. You're back to the old thing.
0: Yeah, that is a fine line. So as excited and 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 urgent as all this sounds, to make sure that your 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 church tech and all the all the cogs are in place for the Super Bowl Sunday kind of Easter. Weekend thing. Keep in mind that a lot of these elements still need to be in place on any given Sunday. That's it for this episode. I hope you've been inspired to get your church website ready. If you have a comment, question, or a fun idea for an upcoming podcast, send us an email podcast at churchmag. That's podcast at churchm.ag or direct messages on Twitter at churchmag. And hey, if you enjoy the Church Mag podcast, a review on iTunes would be super neat. Until next week.
1: The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. I think you can cut the audio right there.